happy Memorial Weekend. How many of you had a hard time getting up this morning? Got a few honest people. All right, good. Hey, couple, um, just a couple updates. Uh, again, on the second and fourth Saturday, we do our uh, food outreach. Um, I want to. I got a couple different pictures up there from the food yesterday. What was the way? We don't know, like Memorial Weekend, you don't know how many are going to come. And before we start serving, there's so many people. So I got a quick picture of the people that are kind of lining up out there with our different tents. Praise the Lord. It's a nice, cool weekend. We know that come the summer, it's going to be warm. And then the next slide, uh, and I, th I don't think it's all the volunteers that got in there, but we want to thank all those that volunteer, come serve food, help people to their cars, hand out toys to the kids clean up if you would see the fellowship hall at the end of it with broccoli leaves and stuff everywhere it's like oh my you know goodness get the blower out and uh let's go so all of those that volunteer we want to say thank you as well too the other one is um this summer june july and august we're going to start serving at nine we anticipate the heat to get hot and it does get hot outside I think we had, oh, Stephen had said yesterday we filled up six pages of individuals that sign in for their families that would feed almost 400 people uh, from yesterday. And so even people that will help in, I'm like, they got baby back ribs, ribeye steaks. I'm looking at all this stuff. So we would tease everybody, what time are you cooking this weekend? We'll, uh, you know, like we'll be there. But it, what a blessing. Uh, we had uh, another lady that was prayed for on Forest that was healed uh, on Forest, back pain. Had a lady and her daughter that had come back. I was helping the daughter, who I guess had just moved into her own place, a uh, younger girl, uh, and then her mom. And her mom came out, and her mom just started crying. She says, my daughter's on her own now. She had no food in her cupboard. Today she'll be able to fill up her cupboard uh, with food. So... Again, th those are those words that you hear that, you know, make it so, so worth it. I do. It is a, it's a blessing. Uh, amount of people we prayed for is just uh, awesome. So I wanted to mention that. The other one is, and I mentioned it time to time, uh, we have a homeschool group that's here Tuesdays and Wednesdays. They just concluded. But as they concluded the end of the week, their ASB group had some extra money that they wanted to donate to a project to the church. So they thought, in fact, we have a picture of the, the group here. We got a picture with them. Uh, so this is their ASB group. Several of them, I believe, are seniors that are graduating. So they donated money to put in a drink station. And if you notice, we have the two uh, fountains that are out there. That's in the next picture. Right there is the drink station. And then that's what they donated money for. So they gave uh, us $800 to purchase the machine. Somebody else donated the other 180. So we have that machine. It's actually in my office that I believe will be going up this week. So it's a bottle refill. So all of you that come in with your little hydro whatevers, right? You can fill it up or Daniel, raise up your bottle again real quick here. If you come in with your um, 16 gallon bottle and I, I think it's eight gallons uh, an hour. So anyway, that was a blessing. We figured this out. The school from an Eagle Scout group the Eagle Scout uh, young lady that donated all and did all the concrete, that was almost $3,000, plants and everything in that. So what a blessing uh, to, the, to the church. So we appreciate, we appreciate that as well. And then my last announcement, kids in youth camp, we sent an email out. I know what it is. So we have men's and women's breakfast on the first Saturday, but we're going to take a break June, July. 
August so that we can have lunch here at church on Sundays. First, Saturday, first Sunday in June, first Sunday in July, first uh, Sunday in August. So remember that. But if you happen to go uh, to where we have breakfast, Ernie's always there and he said he'd buy for you. I so, I, no, he didn't say that. I want to make sure that, uh, yeah, he'll be gone before then. So uh, stay for lunch, June, July, uh, and August, then we'll be back uh, uh, in September. All right, I'll be read uh, this one verse uh, for our tithes and offerings today. Psalm 50, verse 12, Psalm 50, verse 12. And the Lord says this, if I were hungry, I would not tell you. How many of your kids tell you when they're hungry? How many of you adults tell other adults when you're hungry, right? All right. For the world is mine in all of its fullness. The New Century Version says it this way. If I were hungry, I would not tell you because the earth and everything, it is mine. God's, God's perspective. But God is a giving God, a generous God. You know, when, uh, whenever it's probably like my birthday or Father's Day and, and my kids ask me, what do you want? I don't need, you know, I don't need anything. Dad, you need shirts. And you only have two pairs of jeans. You need jeans. You need some new shoes. You've been wearing those things for like, for, you know how they, they go through it. But you know what I appreciate the most is in their cards, they just don't write, I love you, Dad. They'll write and write and write and write and write. And those are the things that really get your heart. That's what the Lord loves is our words, our, our worship to him. So as we do each and every week, I want to put a prayer up on the screen would you pray this prayer? You individually pray this prayer. Let's do this together and say this with me. Ready? As I give in today's offering, I stop to remember that everything is yours and I'm your student, true of my resources. Open over my life today all of the windows of blessing and supernatural resources and let it be more than I can handle in Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen, amen. If you're giving today in service, there's an envelope in the seat back pocket. You can place that in the giving slot that's on the wall uh, as you exit by the sound booth. Go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give online or you can give by mail through our P.O. box. Well, if you have your Bible, if you have an, a phone, a tablet, uh, if you're sitting next to somebody, grab their Bible really quick. Maybe you can get it. And open with me to two places. Open to Matthew chapter 25. And then open to Acts chapter 4. Matthew 25 and Acts 4. We've been looking at the early church. We looked at what Jesus said to them to pray and wait. We looked at Acts chapter 2 of the Holy Spirit coming on the 120. Peter preaching. We looked last week at the boldness of Peter and John to pray over the lame man who had been lame for 40 years that was laid at the gate. Beautiful. And I want to look today, in fact, my title is A Generous Church, Generous in Giving. Have you noticed lately um, a lot of places have switched their giving to these different like apps? And it starts with like 25%. Everybody seen that? I'll, every once in a while I'll go to Tops. And they have a new like tablet thing they have you. And it starts like the tip starts, starts up high. But if you've ordered, how many of you have ever ordered DoorDash? Or you've ordered Uber Eats? You notice, right? You give them a, a, a tip or something, right? And, you, and especially when somebody's like fast, you know, you, you want to be 
generous. If they catch you praying at the restaurant, right, you want to be generous. No, you don't just do that. You want to be generous to those that are serving. They're in that industry. That tip is what really is their salary sometimes. So all of us under understand that. U.S., we know that um, our tipping is somewhere between 15 and 20 percent. We're wanting to be generous. It's interesting that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, most of us know this verse, and it's mentioned that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So we are created in the image of God. Therefore, as God is loving and generous and all that, so are we. In fact, look at somebody and say, I know you're generous. Somebody probably looked at you and went, God created those things. And so that was, that was the one verse we looked with our, our offering, that God designed us to rule the earth, but in relationship with him and under his authority and under his authority also in the manner that would reflect his character. It would reflect his generosity. So God makes it very clear in the Bible that the whole universe, it's all his, right? And yet he's placed us here and has asked us to do certain things for him. All throughout the Bible, though, you know, and you could probably think of your, your favorite verse, all throughout the Bible, we've seen God do supernatural things. You might even think of Elijah that is at the brook Cherith and ravens bring him hot bread and meat, right, to eat, and he's got a brook. Then the Lord provides for him when he goes to the city uh, of, goes to Zarephath. There's a woman there that's going to uh, take care of him. It's going to be a blessing. Maybe it's the story of Jesus multiplying the food to feed people. There's always supernatural things that God has done that we see in the Bible. Well, we kicked off the beginning of the year with this verse. And uh, I want to read it again. In fact, if you read in uh, Matthew chapter 25, right about verse 14, Jesus talks about that he's going to call everybody together in those days. He's going to judge the nations. He's going to separate the sheep from the goats. And one of the qualifications or one of the things that he's going to look at, he's going to mention, I'm going to pick this up uh, in uh, verse 37. In fact, I'm sorry, let me back this up. I'm going to read in verse 34. And the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me, and I was sick, and you visited me, and I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? And when did we uh, see you sick or in prison and come to you? In verse 40, Jesus says this. And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, in as much as you did it, to one of the least of these, my brethren, here's where he makes it personal. You did it unto me. All right, the, the um, New King James says you did it to me 
the New Century Version says, you did it to me, right? You did it to me. So, Lord, we pray as we go through these verses that our heart is in alignment to serve you, to serve you. That we want to be found that the king would say that you've done these things and you're doing it unto me. Bless us through these words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, just a minute. I want to get to the book of Acts where this generosity took over people's heart. It wasn't commanded by Jesus. It wasn't commanded by the apostles. It was the Holy Spirit that came upon the hearts of people to express things generously. In fact, Jesus taught early on, in fact, he said this in Matthew 6, 3, and 4. He says, when you do a charitable deed, don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. You ever read that and go, what is that all about? Well, one of the things we found out, even in the early church, in an, uh, sometimes giving, people would like announce it. Hey, 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 I'm giving this amount. Well, you're not to, not to let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. You're not to announce those type of things. It's kind of back to your, your prayer life that it should be done secretly, right? It's, it's before the Lord. If you study a little bit of Judas, Judas had the treasure box. In fact, I kind of get a picture of, remember fanny packs? How many of you, be honest, how many of you had and wore a fanny pack? All right. Fanny packs should go back by the fanny, right? But everybody kind of worn it. I had my Walkman. Anybody remember the Walkman uh, cassette one? I'd have that in my fanny pack. I'd have other things. Well, picture Judas with uh, having a fanny pack that had money in it. Well, evidently, in the scripture, they must have been given money, and then they gave it away probably to the poor, probably to uh, get something to eat. But we read about Judas was skimming, right, the fanny pack. Like, you know, he, he'd reach in and he'd take some money. But we also know that Judas was the one that complained when they broke the, and poured the alabaster oil on Jesus' feet. He complained because he said, Dad, we sold that. We could have given money to the poor. Well, that's the reference we read that he was skimming off the top. But Jesus always had that one impression. He told the rich young ruler, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And come follow me. Everything you have. Everything you have, sell it and give it to the poor. Very interesting when we read that because we get, uh, we get different images. And I, and I want to use a couple different images uh, for us today. Uh, probably every year, every year um, I'll get a call from a gentleman that um, does financial things for churches. And really what he wants to do is he, he wants to come in and meet with either a group of people or other people in the church and talk to them about their stocks and their annuities. And there's just one word that I always say when he says that and I say no. And I've heard his story before, and here's how the story went. And I do believe it's probably real. And he talks about a, a church that was in Texas, and they had a gentleman in the church. And uh, Texas A&M was after this guy, after this guy, after this guy. And he dies. And uh, Texas A&M leaves, uh, he leaves Texas A&M uh, $6 million because they named some building after, and he left the church like $50,000. And so he uses this example. That's why you got to meet with people. 
because they're going to give it to universities. And I'm like, that's not the way of the Bible, though, right? You don't bring somebody in. You allow the Holy Spirit to work on people's hearts, right? We're not, that's just not how, that's not how you do things. And I do believe that if I, um, that I'll, I'll use Michelle. She's not here today. She's at our convention, so we can blame stuff on her. Uh, no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> um, I'll hear about it about an hour after service. I do believe that if I was looked upon on um, how we probably a- ask and ask people to give, that I would be, I'd get an F, right? I just don't, we don't do 20-minute sermons about giving. Uh, we don't, you know, we're not passing, but we're not saying anything like that. We just depend that the Holy Spirit works on hearts, and we've seen the Holy Spirit work on people's hearts about this church that don't even go to this church. So April 2020, when we were all still at, you know, uh, not meeting and doing online, we got a call from a, a very elderly man lived in Leisure World. And he called and he wanted to make sure that this was the Foursquare Church. Are you sure this is the, it's a, well, it's a, well, it's the Foursquare Church. Well, it was called Community Foursquare. I said, I know it was called Victory Chapel and then Hills Church. He said, I made a pledge back in 1973 that I never fulfilled, and the Lord has been on me to fulfill it. April 2020. So I'm going to send in the mail. I, I think we'd forgot about it. And I, I've told this story before. You know, here comes this letter. It said, I think it said Leisure World Open. It was a check for $5 million. No, it wasn't $5 million. <laughs> it was $500. You know, it didn't matter if it was, five, if it was a nickel in there. It was that the Lord had put on his heart to take care of something, 1973, somewhere in the 70s, a faith pledge that he made. He called this last year about, he said, do you guys do, like, I heard you do Christmas baskets. I'm like, Christmas baskets? Uh, No, we do, you know, food, we have a food outreach. Oh, okay, I thought thought it was, so he said, I'm going to send something, you know, and I, I forget what it was. Uh, whatever. We have a lady that'll walk up the street during our food. She hasn't come in a little bit. She'll walk up the street. She doesn't want any food. She wants to drop off $50 to bless the church for it. So I always have believed that it's the Holy Spirit that works on people's hearts, that it shouldn't be anything that we do. I've heard of church churches that pass an offering. They do it first. It's a pastor's offering. They go and count it. And if it wasn't enough, they do it again. And then they do the church offering at the end. If it wasn't enough, they do it again. And I'm thinking, and people stay, right? And people stay. That's not how the early church was set up. The early church and how God intended it was the Holy Spirit works on our hearts, right? The Holy Spirit is the one that works. In fact, Jesus said in in Matthew 6, 31 through 33, he says, Therefore, don't worry saying, right? What? shall we eat or what shall we drink or what things shall I wear after all of these things the Gentiles think for your heavenly father knows your heavenly father knows that you have need of these things but seek first the kingdom of God and all of in his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you But in Acts chapter 2, verse 20, I just wanted to read this one verse because I think it's fitting in our day and our time uh, that we're living in. And it's one of Peter's first sentences that he says when he preaches to this group of 3,000, he says these words, and with many words he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved 
from this perverse generation, right? Be saved from this perverse generation. The New Living Translation says, Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all of his listeners, Save yourself from this crooked generation. That's the prayer of our hearts, right? That people call out to the Lord in the midst of a perverse and crooked generation. But one of the great things is that we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to be the exact opposite, to be generous. God, help me be loving, right, to the most difficult people. Help me to be generous uh, in all situations that I listen to you. All right, well, let's get to Acts chapter 4. I want to read a few verses here, and I'll start in verse 32. And remember this, Jesus doesn't command this. uh, The apostles didn't command this. This was a work of the Holy Spirit in that early church, and we read this in verse 32. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus And great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, the Levite of the county of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, what's interesting when you read that, they didn't have buildings. Uh, They were taking care of all of these people, and that's pretty radical generosity of selling property and doing that. Now, in the church, there, there's two things. Num- number one, we know this, is there always will be, and there always will be, churches that misuse money. We're just always going to read about it, right? We're always going to see about it. Typically, uh, American church is, when there's a large, generous donation, the first thing is, let's build buildings and let's hire staff. It's not the other side of who has needs. How can we help the needs that are out there? How can we help people? But we're always going to see both. I remember when I was on staff at a church in Anaheim. And um, in fact, I went to, except one, I went to all of Madison's cheer events. If she was cheerleading at football, I went. I was a cheer dad, right? I didn't wear a shirt that said cheer dad, but I showed up uh, and I would carry her box. Well, this particular night, Friday night at the church, uh, I was wrapping up. And I remember walking outside and here is this completely distraught, young lady with a baby and just like a baby sack just crying uh she's telling me the boyfriend threw her out of the house i have nowhere to go i'm going to be out here on on orange thorpe spending the night and um, i'm in the middle of you know i've got to get some stuff in a car up to you know whittier college so i made the call to go put her in a motel for a night down the street and we would check on her uh, on saturday so we went down you know it's one of the ones you feel terrible about putting somebody in this like $39 a night, you know, like motel, but at least she's off the street and we can figure things out like tomorrow what's going on. Well, through the night, 
I almost said the name of the motel. I didn't want to say it. They called and left a message at the church. Well, I didn't get it till the next day. Well, it was a setup. She got in the motel, got a hold of the boyfriend. Boyfriend comes to the motel. They're setting up doing drug deals in the motel. One of the other residents calls the police. The Anaheim SWAT team clears out the motel, and they want to find out, how did this get started? Because the church down the street sent this lady. Oh, I find out. They cleared out the whole motel. Oh, and you just feel like, and then here's the words. Don't you ever send anybody from your church to this motel. And you think, all right, I'll never do that again. Right? We've all been burnt, haven't we? But we always have to pray, and probably in the middle of a rush and somebody distraught, you're wanting to get somebody off the street, not, not knowing you're doing uh, some you know, drug lab down the street. We had another, uh, the, at the church, we always had bus passes, gas cards, McDonald cards, different people because it was a, a, a really a, an area of a lot, of, a lot of need, and we would pass those out. And so we had a young lady come who was living on the streets, and she says, I felt compelled to come in and let you know this, that when people come here and you pass out bus passes and McDonald's cards and all of these things, there's about 25 of us that live in this one area, and we trade this for drugs. And you think, but you know, but you want to help like people, right? So you got the other side of the ditch sometime. We've all been there. We've all been burnt. But we always we pray. In fact, there's probably not a need that we don't pray about to ask the Lord. Even if we can't do it, maybe there's somebody that can do it, right? Maybe there's somebody. Recently, uh, and they, they had recently there was somebody that had need, and they had mentioned a, a certain amount, and several people had helped out. And uh, I happened not to be here the day they came. I asked Ernie to do it. And then they told Ernie they needed like double the amount of money. Like, wait, that's not what you said. But we always pray about those type of things to be generous, right? Holy Spirit, lead me, right? Lead me, lead me. Well, that's what we see in the early church. It'd be great, right, if you had like uh, properties and different things to house people, right, that you know families that are in need to begin to, but it was a work of the Holy Spirit. We have an awesome church because I remember the day, how many of you remember Pastor Alexander that came from Russia that ended up coming to our church with nothing? He had nothing. All of their belongings were in Russia. It took them several months to get out of Russia. His bank account was frozen in Russia. He comes to our church. Uh, I think it was, was it a holiday weekend too? And from this church, he left with cash, a car. Um, I forget what else. Somebody offered him to live in their house before they rented it for two months. All from our church. And you know exactly my thought. I think I, I said, that's like the church of Acts. You know, he left and he was completely, completely blessed. He ended up buying that car at a steal of a deal and still driving that thing all, all around. But he was blessed through this church. We still support him from this church. He left everything to come, and it would be awesome to hear the different testimonies of people that give to do that. I remember, have any of you given a car away before? Anybody just like a free, right? Like not a broken down, it doesn't have tires or brakes or motor, but I want to give, I want to bless you, brother. No. Anybody ever given a car away? So I had a, uh, am I telling too many stories? Everybody's fine. Everybody's like, oh yeah, we're, we're done with that one. So I had an old Ford Taurus, 
my kids used to make fun of me driving it around. I don't care, it's paid for. Uh, and I was leaving, uh, I was doing a memorial service, and it conked out on me. It was another one, I've got to get cheer stuff to a game somewhere a little later. So I, I was able, I, was, I remember like having a hard time getting home. Finally got home, we were living in Anaheim. Left it there, called a taxi, got to the game. In fact, it was funny with the taxi. I've got this cheer box, and I got this bag, and I've got this blinged out jacket. I, you know, I gotta, we got to get to Whittier. So a friend at our church came to help me. It was, a, it was uh, the, the fuel pump was out. And this guy was uh, auto, uh, an air, airplane mechanic. And so he swapped it out quick. And in the swapping out, I heard the Lord so clear say, give your car to Scott. I'm like, I don't think I heard that right. You know, right? <laughs> so I remember saying, hey, Scott, hold, uh, it's running. I want to make sure it's running. Hold on just a minute. Went in the house, got the title, came out, signed it. And I said, I felt like the Lord said, give you this car. Oh, great. What are you getting? I have no idea, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take Michelle's car, you know, pass on. And he drove it for forever you know, and then ended up giving it to somebody. So he calls and wants to have breakfast several years later. And he says, hey, um, my wife and I are moving to Texas. We have a car. Do you know anybody that needs a car, a different car? I said, absolutely. There's a family in our church that needs a car. He says, okay. He says, um, give me a call tonight. We'll meet at the house, and I'll give you the title and keys. You can take it and give it to somebody in the church. And that's how the Lord works, right? It, like, becomes a blessing upon blessing upon blessing. And so I always ask myself, is my heart open enough that before I would look to sell something, that, that would, would I do that? Or is my prayer, if I hit the lotto, oh, then I'm the first one in line. What would the Lord, because we never know what Jesus is already at work for on our behalf, on our behalf. You know, what's great is, uh, when we have an opportunity to serve our community and it's absolutely free, right? Yesterday, baby back ribs, ribeye. Is there any ribeye steaks left? No, he's like, Steve's like, don't ask me, right? I'll check. Don't everybody go out at the end of service and line up. And But I mean, what a blessing uh, it is. But I always think it's not free, but it's a blessing that we're able to do. And when people say thank you, it's like, no, you know what? It's more blessed to give them. Like, this is a blessing for us to help you out. It becomes a blessing. That's the spirit of the early church, right? That's that, that heart to begin to do something. And I believe we're also in that day. It doesn't matter how large your church is, how small your church is, or whether you are, that God wants to do things in our days to be a blessing to people, and he wants to work through us. In fact, what's interesting, and I, I won't read it for time, but Mark chapter 12, look at it later, and I, I remember um, reading this verse, and it's the one where Jesus goes through Palm Sunday, what we look at, the triumphal entry, and as he comes into Palm Sunday and everybody's cheering, he knows that there's uh, pain coming at the end of the week, but in the other part of clearing out the temple and walking through the temple, he tells this story that he sees a woman, a widow, that she was giving two mites, the Bible says. In fact, he talks about how those giving in front of her were doing. They were announcing it. They were demonstrating it. And she gave everything that she had. And the reason I bring that up is the Lord sees, regardless of the size 
Jesus pays attention and Jesus rewards, right? He rewards. He sees and he rewards. I might not see it today. I might not see it tomorrow, but I know that he is the one that rewards. And I want to close with these two verses in Hebrews 13. In fact, uh, the writer of Hebrews writes this. Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will. Father, make me complete in every good work to do your will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and, a, and ever. Amen. I, I encourage you, uh, go to our website, download the notes. You know, I always put in a section as for me in my house. Ask yourself some of these, these questions. Is my heart being sensitive to the Holy Spirit? Right? Are we sensitive to the Holy Spirit? What does he want to do through me? Because that's where we see in the early church. In fact, uh, one of the other ones we read about, that it was the church that had a sense of a need of somebody, that we, that we trust him for speaking to our hearts. Bow your head, if you would, with me today. Father, we thank you that we are all your, we're at work by your Holy Spirit. We are all a work in progress. But Father, I pray uh, as we read in, in Hebrews, make us complete for every good work to do your will. Let it be said of us that, uh, that we did it unto you, that you saw whether we gave food or clothes or shelter or gave a cup of water, that we've done it unto you, that blessings would come upon us for that heart. Lord, we thank you that you know all of the things that lay ahead of us. You tell us not to worry about tomorrow. But Lord, I pray and I thank you that you're already in our tomorrow. You're already speaking to our hearts. There's those that are looking for new jobs. Father, I pray that you give them a sense of the steps that they take. I thank you that you are the one that make the crooked places straight. We thank you that you are a God of promotion, that the Bible says you set one up and you set another down. I pray for your people, Father, that they are in the setup. You're setting them up. You're speaking to their hearts that we are never, ever, ever alone in this walk of faith, that you're always with us. When we have a need, that we stop and we look to you, our provider, and we trust you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Well, stand with me if you would. We're going to close with this song.